administration will be focused on three very important words. Jobs, jobs, jobs. This man must be a minister, a social worker, a diplomat, a tough guy, and a gentleman. And of course he'll have to be a genius because he'll have to feed a family on a policeman's salary. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. We, the citizens of America, are now joined in a great national effort to rebuild our country and restore its promise for all of our people. Because today, we are not merely transferring power from one administration to another or from one party to another, but we are transferring power from Washington, D.C. and giving it back to you, the people. Hold on to your seats. Buckle up for safety. You are now entering another dimension with The Scott Adams Show. That's right. My name is Scott Adams. You're listening to The Scott Adams Show. So today we're going to be talking a lot about election fraud. We're going to talk about what the DOJ is up to, the Biden crime family. Uh, We're going to talk about some of the things that are going to be happening soon. Even over the break, uh, there has been uh, a lot of action coming out of the Oversight Committee. And they got them dead to rights. I mean, Biden... I don't think Biden's going to make it to the end of his term. And, you know, frankly, it's it's getting to the point, though, where you got to take out Mayorkas and you got to take out uh, Merrick Garland because of the things that they're doing that are so unprecedented. And it's all about power. It's all about election rigging. Mayorkas, everything that Mayorkas is doing or with regard to the open borders and the censorship and, and a lot of the other um, J6 uh, censorship squashing um, in the name of Homeland Security. And, you know, it is, is, is just off the mark. And it's for a reason. These people, they're evil, but they're not stupid. They're evil, but they're not stupid. So... Like, for example, we're going to learn today something I've been saying on the Scott Adams Show forever, forever and ever and ever. I've been telling you to to the point like it's a broken record. And I've been saying that what they're doing is they're giving these illegals a a pseudo-social security number so that they could tax them for their work. And when they do that, they apply motor voter. And they set up a CBP-1 app as almost like a concierge service where there's just uh, millions of people over the Biden administration. There's been millions. He has far outdone the, the work of an evil Obama. So Biden, in the name of power, control, and profit, has done everything he can to fleece America. He saw America 50 years ago as an opportunity to gain leverage, influence, and 
turn those into kickbacks and a gravy train. You know, he he met Jill while she was married to somebody else. He, and he used his power and influence to win over some guy's wife in Delaware. And then tried to destroy that guy financially, ruin him because he was in the way. This guy, Biden, is perhaps one of the most evil human beings walking the, the earth. And he has this arrogance, sort of like a George Soros-style arrogance, where when George Soros was asked if he had any regrets or remorse for acting like a Nazi to his own Jewish neighborhood when he was taking their property, when he was 14 years old, working in disguise, being saved, by the way, by a Christian, but camouflaging himself into this this situation where he played basically the white Aryan race and turned on his own people to save his own hide. And he said he has no regrets. He says, if anything, it may be the person that I am. Wow. And Joe Biden is no different. Joe Biden and, you know, all the shenanigans of Hunter Biden and and his brother Jimmy Biden, well, guess what? They're going to be taken to task. They're going to be, for the first time ever that I can recall, being uh, told that they have to, they're going to be subpoenaed. They're going to be ordered to testify under oath. And who knows what they'll do. They'll probably plead the fifth. And this election interference is what it is. Now, there's going to be a battle royale, and Trump is going to have a field day. I mean, Trump can actually turn this this whole thing into a, uh, not a circus. He could turn the whole thing into an opportunity. And Trump has always turned, he's always made lemons out of, uh, lemonade out of lemons. You know, he's always done things where he could turn a negative into a positive. Use the other team's energy and forces Sort of like Sun Tzu, which Trump is a big fan of Sun Tzu. Using the other, uh, your opponent's uh, strengths against them. And the strength that supports Merrick Garland, Jack Smith, Mayorkas, and Joe Biden right now are the powers of our government, the ill-begotten powers of, that they have, they have obtained and stolen. Because today we're going to spend a lot of time talking about election fraud. But first we're going to listen to this Jesse Waters Open to talk about how the the court the court schedules for Trump and his bogus indictments are going to compete directly with South Carolina primary, uh, the Iowa caucus, and, and some others. Let's take a listen to this. Okay, so we're going to um, set the sound here. All right, here we go. We just learned Joe Biden's campaign strategy. 
Biden's prosecutors have asked a D.C. judge to set the trial date for Trump's January 6th case on no, January 2nd, a trial that could end up going for two months. And Donald Trump would have to be physically in court in Washington, D.C. every day for those two months, January and February, meaning the front runner for the Republican nomination would miss the Iowa caucuses, the Nevada primary, the New Hampshire primary, and the South Carolina primary. That means no rallies, no fundraisers. He'd be stuck nine to five Monday through Friday in a D.C. courtroom. But that's not all. Beginning in late March, Trump would have to be in a New York courtroom, sitting across the table from Alvin Bragg, keeping him off the campaign trail through April. And in May, Trump will have to sit back in court for the Mar-a-Lago documents case in Florida. Now, President Biden's using these partisan prosecutors to physically prevent his opponent from campaigning. Gross election interference. And Joe Biden still has not even been asked about this once by the media. Biden's Department of Justice even designated Donald Trump a flight risk when prosecutor Jack Smith got a search warrant to crack into Trump's Twitter account. He made the case to the judge that Donald Trump, the most famous man in the world, who has a Secret Service detail, would somehow flee the country and no one would notice. And you know what? An Obama-appointed judge, Judge Beryl Howell, agreed. Impeachment is the only option Republicans have now. Oversight Chair James Comer says after additional Biden business associates are subpoenaed, the Biden family is next. This is always going to end with the Bidens uh, coming in front of the committee. Uh, We are going to subpoena the family. We're told Joe Biden's brother Jimmy will be subpoenaed to testify. His bank records will be next. Then Hunter will be subpoenaed. Next, his bank records. The Biden family will resist and it will immediately launch an epic court fight. But the point, the case will be made for impeachment. You have bribery, money laundering, racketeering and obstruction of justice allegations. Joe Biden's personal bank accounts will eventually be hit with a subpoena. This is why Joe Biden is desperate to keep Trump in court during the election. So Joe can lay low, let his lawyers and the media block questions and subpoenas and stumble into a second term, because if Joe Biden loses, he'll be indicted by Trump's Justice Department. So both candidates, Trump and Biden, must win this election in order to stay out of prison. Stephen Miller is the founder of America First Legal, and he joins us now. (laughs) How do you even react to this? Do you think the judge is going to sign off on a January 2nd trial date? Well, we know that the judge in Washington, D.C., is an extreme leftist, and they've been pushing and pushing and pushing cases with this judge, knowing that they're going to give the government or she's going to give the government whatever they want. But let's just take a step back for a second. There's no authoritarian country in the world that would put the opponent on trial during the actual primary itself. They would at least pretend. They would at least play make-believe. They would at least try to plausibly put the trial somewhere where they're like, oh, this isn't election interference. This is just an unrelated event. They are saying during the Iowa caucus, during the New Hampshire primary, we are going to bench the person who is 40-plus points ahead at this point in 2012. 
Mitt Romney was five points ahead. He was within the margin of error. There's never been a lead like this in a Republican primary. And they are saying that that candidate cannot be on the ground, that anyone who has studied, who is, knows anything about the Iowa caucus knows. Iowa voters expect you to be there on the ground, shaking hands, standing with them, going to diners. And the message is going to be to Iowa voters, you can't vote for this guy because he's on trial. He will not be available. He might go to jail. Vote for somebody else. That's what the government is trying to do. And it's not even ambiguous. You think they're going to get away with it? It's really up to the House, isn't it? I mean, the House has to create a degree of pressure and a degree of intensity and focus and determination that is going to make it very clear to the Department of Justice and to the judges adjudicating this case, they are not going to be able to get away with it. And that, yes, that there will be criminal investigations and criminal charges, and that the House is going to refer to the Department of Justice for action in 2025 a multitude of cases based on what they're investigating. But right now, if I'm in the Department of Justice and I'm part of this corrupt scheme, you know what I'm thinking? We're getting away with it all. We're pulling this off. We're, we're literally saying in writing, we're going to bench the leading candidate during the caucus. We're going to have him in on trial over tweets that he sent three years ago. This isn't new information, Jesse. Read the indictment. They're like, well, on January 7th, at 16.024 hours, uh, Donald Trump sent a message on Twitter. These things have been known for three years, and they're putting him on trial now, and they're saying, you know what? It's working. Nobody's stopping us. Nobody's being impeached. Nobody's being referred for criminal charges. So, yeah, they will get away with it, honestly, unless there's a fundamental change in how the House and the Senate, and that includes many Senate Republicans who have been on the sidelines, engage with this issue. Well, when they get back from their six-week vacation, Stephen, maybe they'll come up with the plan. <laughs> All right? So, you know, the thing is, there's a lot of great points that were made there. And Rand Paul has stepped up and said, so long as uh, we don't have the documents for Pfizer and Fauci, and so long as we keep, uh, uh, we don't, so long as we can't audit the uh, records of the money spent in Ukraine, we're not going to fund Ukraine. We're not going to, I'm not going to vote yes on any of the uh, cabinet members or appointments or judge uh, ships. So, I mean, that was Rand Paul, but, you know, and I think Marjorie Taylor Greene has taken a similar position, but for the most part, this is insane that the, the, uh, the House GOP is not really doing anything. This should be grounds for impeachment right here. They're meddling in the United States elections like they did in 2020. And, you know, there's this recent uh, uh, situation in Michigan that we're going to cover today and a whole host of other things. But um, election fraud is real. It's the only way the globalists can pull it off. And we're going to take a listen to uh, some of this stuff because, you know, it makes it makes a lot of sense uh, what what we're seeing happen. You know, and uh, Dr. Malone weighed in on that and basically stated this. This is uh, all about getting rid of globalist leaders because the globalist agenda is to penetrate the cabinets and the governments 
and destroy these governments from within. Let's take a listen. This is stuff that we've been saying here on this show for forever. We're just now hearing people come out and talk about this stuff as if it's new news. It's not new on this show. We've been saying this for years, that the uh, Klaus Schwab's been wanting to penetrate the cabinets using leaders like Rishi Sunak over at the UK or Jacinda Ardern from New Zealand or uh, Rudek uh, from the Netherlands or Trudeau from Canada. And of course, Biden is compromised. And also Biden is is compromised with incentives from BlackRock-owned companies. Um, A new statistic came out that BlackRock owns 88%, 88% of all of the companies, 88% of all companies around the world. They, BlackRock, Vanguard, and State Street own uh, the leading majority stake. They're the leading majority stakeholder in over 88, almost 90% of the, the world's companies. But let's take a listen to Malone, what he has to say. From a belief system that says that nation state is an obsolete idea and we have to have a one world government that is basically a fusion of the interests of corporations and politics, global politics. And we got to start by finding out who they are, voting them out of office, making sure they are not part of our governments. Two notable characters here in the United States are Governors Inslee and Newsom. Okay, we've got to out these people. We've got to force them to account for whether or not they're Americans or are they globalists. And if they're globalists, they got to get out. We got to get rid of them. We got to take back ownership of our country. If you believe in the Constitution, if you believe in the principles of free speech and personal autonomy, medical autonomy and autonomy at every level, other level, it's time to fight. You know, or your children are going to live in basically a techno-fascism for the rest of their natural lives. I mean, nobody elected these corporate officials, right? But yet here we are. So um, Trump said, uh, okay, and I'm going to go ahead and play this other clip. There's a lot of different directions I could go, but I want to take it in this direction here. All right, so... um, the globalists should be feared, right? The globalists should be feared. And uh, this is what we're going to hear right here. Um, let's see, right here. This is Larry Fink from BlackRock. Not, I've played this clip over a year ago, maybe two years ago. But here it is. You, you now make a point of, that's, that's an investment criteria for you. Well, behaviors are going to have to change, and this is one thing we're, going to, we're asking companies. Uh, you have to force behaviors. And at BlackRock, we are forcing behaviors. All right, so what do you, BlackRock is forcing behaviors. So what you're going to hear is diversity, equity, and inclusion. He's going to mention the word diversity. He's going to mention quota-based systems. It's all liberal, socialist, communist agendas. Right. He's going to he's going to talk about taxation and environmental causes. Um, He's going to talk about all of these things. He's going to dress it up as if he's like cares about equity, uh, 
equity with regard to gender and race and discrimination, but it's really all about diversity, equity, and inclusion, and um, and and population movement. Because if you have DEI, that means you're going to be basically taking a lot of minorities into the bigger cities where the big corporations are, and you're going to move them and stack them up, and then they're going to be liberals, socially oriented, socialists, Marxists, like Black Lives Matter Marxists, and they're going to basically entrench and empower Marxist groups like Black Lives Matter or Antifa. Well, Antifa's mostly white, but, you know, diversity groups and they're that are going to be either grateful if you're a migrant, illegal, or or if you benefited from the um, Afri- UN programs coming out of Africa or whatever. These are all typically very socialist, Marxist, communist types of people, ignorant to politics. And Black Lives Matter is no different. And so they're going to stack them up and they're going to give them the authority and the power to control the elections and the power. But he's still this white dude at the very, very tippy top. So explain that to me. But again, let's take a listen to this whole thing. But pay attention to some of the key little buzzwords that he says, okay? Fifty-four uh, percent of the incoming class are women. We we added four more points in terms four of more points. diverse. Uh, four more points in terms of diversity. Uh, employment this year, and it, 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 it you know what we are doing internally is if you don't achieve these levels of impact, it, your compensation could be impacted. Okay. We're- so if you don't do what I tell you to do, you'll be impacted. Your compensation will be impacted. As if he can, he, who elected, who died, you know, died and elected this guy, boss, right? You're doing the same thing. And so it's just, it, you have to force behaviors. And if you don't force behaviors, whether it's gender or race or just any way you want to say the composition. And any way is climate, censorship, uh, uh, election rigging, you name it. See, he's not getting into the uh, the issues that he's really after. ...of your team, you're going to be impacted. And that's not just not recruiting. It is development, as Ken said. And ultimately, it's still going to take time, but I am just as much shocked as Ken is that we have not seen more opportunities. So what have we heard? We heard about BlackRock, the more powerful than most countries, in charge of... 88%. Let me just see if I can get this clip. I didn't I didn't have this queued up, but I might be able to get it nevertheless. Okay, right here. Let's take a listen to this. Soro, State Street, you know, uh, Vanguard, BlackRock. How much have you looked at what they're doing and how, what their ties are? I've looked at it. Yeah? Yeah. They're pretty much running everything. Yeah. S&P 500, you know, the number that uh, 88% of the companies on S&P 500, 88% of them, the largest shareholder of those companies is either State Street, BlackRock, or Vanguard. 88% of them, okay? 
I've been talking about a global super monopoly as being one of the biggest problems that we face. And I've been saying that for years, that BlackRock, State Street, and Vanguard have been in control of policy. They got a front row seat at the World Economic Forum. And the World Economic Forum kisses their ring and controls the politicians because the politicians are World Economic Forum disciples that then kiss the ring of BlackRock. And BlackRock knows that that partnership is essential because governments could shut them down and push them out and block them. So they know where the power is because the power really belongs to the people, but the power has been hijacked by the politicians. BlackRock knows that and knows that if they're going to continue to be successful and profit, they're going to, and they're going to sometimes overreach like they did with, you know, Bud Light or uh, a lot of these other companies. Anheuser-Busch doesn't really have that much. Uh, I was surprised at, at how their top brass, I think that it's changed. I think that BlackRock uh, pulled and Vanguard and State Street pulled out recently on being top stakeholders in that company. And they're now having to sell off to another brand. But uh, let's take a listen. And then you see their influence in defense contracts. Okay. Defense so contracts. we went through a deal. I'm like, let me War. see if this, these guys, this ESG, Larry Fink, Vanguard, State Street, if they have any influence on military contract, defense contracts. Oh, they do. If you Google the largest Raytheon. shareholder for Raytheon, <laughs> I, Three out- I I haven't even heard this yet, and I knew he was going to say Raytheon. Out of the four top shareholders of Raytheon, BlackRock, State Street, and uh, Vanguard. It could be top three with Raytheon, but I think it's three out of four. If you go look up General Dy- Dynamics, if you go look up Boeing, if you go look up... Yeah, you know, right. it's it's all there. So you know uh, what I do is I'll take a company. See, actually, CNN.com has a really great shareholder sheet. It's it's uh, formatted perfectly, and I post these things all the time on social media. You can find me at Twitter.com/slash Scott Adams Show or Twitter.com, and then search for Scott Adams Show, and you'll find me. Uh, and uh, it, I'm easy to find. And I post this stuff all the time. And the CNN has like these really great little sheets that tell you who the top 10 or top 20 shareholders are and, uh, and mutual funds as well. But um, they're at the top of just about every company you look at that's worth, that has any influence whatsoever. So it's crazy. It's absolutely stunning. So... In any case, it leads to this kind of corruption that we're seeing in government. So Joe Biden's energy secretary, Jennifer Granholm, cleared $1.6 million profit when she sold her shares of Proterra. Who's Proterra? Now Proterra filed for bankruptcy after receiving $5 billion of Biden's $45 billion in clean energy net zero subsidies. All to make people like BlackRock happy, doing that ESG quota. Well, these companies, Solyndra, remember Solyndra under the Obama? This this stuff has been going on forever. They give they inject a whole bunch of like billions of dollars into green energy. The green energy company goes out of business about a year and a half later. 
because all these people that shouldn't have been, uh, that's illegal. That's insider trading is what Granholm did. And she's our Department of Energy uh, secretary. And so she invests a truckload of money and she cleared a $1.6 million profit on a trade when she sold her stock. And then after she sold the stock, the company went bankrupt and they keep all the money. They don't pay their debts. I mean, they're still sort of paying back some, but not all. All right. Um, And the only way they're maintaining power is they're maintaining power by rigging the elections. And already they're they're telling you that you need to wear masks again. They're telling you, you know, they're going to push the mail-in balloting again. Uh, they have the open borders because they're basically uh, registering these illegals. Like I've been saying, day after day after day after day after day, I've been saying to you, the way they're doing it is they're allowing these illegals to come in. They're applying motor voter. These people are going to get registered to vote. They're doing this massive online registration stuff. Organizations like Catholic Charities and everybody are sharing their databases. They got a whole bot farm or a manpower, either way, to do online registration to vote. And I said, the only thing that's going to get in the way of that is signature verification because they can't possibly match that without, because the signature is supposed to be with a pen. But they've taken those signatures, in the case of Philadelphia, and thrown them into the dumpster. And they just threw them. They didn't match up the ballot with the signature. They threw out the uh, outside envelope before they could ever match or contest or adjudicate and no one knows what, what the, the, they see the ballot and they don't know who the true owner of that ballot is. They just see maybe a name and a barcode or something like that, but they can't match the signatures after the fact. It's done in real time. As soon as they match the signature, they throw the envelope away. Now there's no way to track it all. And they know what they're doing. They know exactly what they're doing. Signature verification is the key to stopping illegal ballot harvesting where there's been well over 10,000. Uh, well, the, well, ballot harvesters, um, there's, in the case of Michigan there, and in the case of Arizona, they found ballot harvesters that were dumping 10,000, 20,000 ballots into a drop box, one person. So here we got, here is Jovan Pulitzer testifying on House Secretary of State Katie Hobbs stole two elections. On how Secretary of State Katie Hobbs stole two elections. 10,000 illegal aliens using the same exact social security number voted on November 3rd, 2020, subverting American democracy. Let's take a listen. See how it was done. We discovered 10,000 people using the exact social security number. See if this one rings true. You take an illegal, you bring them in. They sign a piece of paper promising to pay taxes. What they get is a social security number. 
so the employers can take out the taxes. Put a pin in that. Here's what they do. In cities like this, let's think of a a chicken processor. (laughs) They will bring in hundreds of illegals. They will spread them out across all of these plants and factories, giving them jobs. They're all using the same social security number. The IRS unconnected our names from the social security number. Now when you look it up, it just pings to see if there's an employer. If there is, it says it's good, it validates it. Why do they do that? Because all of these factories are giving them social security numbers. The government turns its back on it. As soon as you have a social security number and you go over to Motor Voter, pass the driver's court uh, uh, test, right? You get a driver's license. The person looks, you got a social, you must be a citizen. That's how they pack the rolls. By the way, those guys don't pay taxes anyway. It's taken out by companies. Our government's been sitting on $1.7 trillion slush fund that that one fund has still in it to this day. So if you want to know where the dark money comes from. By the way, that's what, $100 million in, uh, a month in uh, interest? I could go on. I now understand this is why they tried to kill us. And it's not stuff I wanted to know. It's not stuff I wanted to know about my country. It's not stuff I believed. But we have a uniparty. We don't have multiple parties. Everybody's benefited from this at one time or another. That is really scary testimony right there. And one of the dark money financiers is Joe Biden himself. Joe Biden himself. I mean, that to me is really scary. So we're going to get to this. This is a situation in Michigan where, well, oh, here's, a, here's an interesting little uh, tidbit. Joe Biden's America is breaking records of the, most, of the worst kind. The most U.S. suicides ever in a year, 50,000 in 2022. The most drug overdose deaths in a year, 106,000 in 2021. Wow, that's sad. The highest in, that's because of the open borders, right? And uh, the COVID lockdowns were probably resulting in the suicides. The highest inflation in 40 years, that'll also cause suicides to go up. Uh, 8.9% in June of 2022. That would cause you to commit suicide, financial financial impossibilities. Not, not just stress, but impossibilities. The most illegal immigrants in a year, 2.76 million in 2022. The highest U.S. average gas price on record, $5.02 in June of 2022. The highest U.S. average gas price on record. Oh, yeah, I just read that one. The most consumer credit card debt on record. This is new. That's $1 trillion. I have an article coming out over at AARP on the subject of credit card debt and how to get yourself out of it. But, uh, and I'll be sharing that 
with, on my social media, social media. But um, in any case, uh, the consumer credit card debt on record in 2023 is $1 trillion. With inflation going up, gas prices going up, interest rates on homes, the only reason why the home prices haven't dropped like a lead balloon yet is because people are locked into that 3% interest on their home and they're not daring to sell because they locked in on a great rate under Trump. And so they basically have this house that they got under the Trump years, 3% interest rate, fixed, 30-year, locked in. And they're like, why would I sell this house only to enter the market again where the prices on housing hasn't dropped, but um, I'm going to pay 7 8% on a mortgage rate. Why would I do that? So the problem is, is that the existing homes that people already are living in and don't want to sell now because of that fact uh, are in short supply because it's abnormal. Because the market right now is so bad that nobody's getting out of the market that they came from, which is the Trump years. They're not leaving that Trump nest egg, in a sense, to enter this Biden equation, right? So they're, they're sitting in their homes almost like prisoners, because if they did want to move, they can't afford to. They're locked in. And that means that there's a short supply of existing homes. And... A lot of investors aren't investing in new home building because the markets are so bad. Uh, The trillion-dollar debt and credit card debt, people don't have liquidity. There was liquidity back when they were getting the stimulus checks, like $1,200 stimulus checks during COVID. And that's why that was a bad thing because people were taking – the lockdown thing was a whole bad thing. But they were taking the $1,200 and paying off their credit card. They were getting rent forgiveness and stuff like that. And they weren't, able, they weren't, they weren't required to pay their rent they, because they were pushed out of work. They were given $1,200 checks. And all of that became like a uh, liquidity in the, in the uh, cash department. And people were able to spend, when, once they got out of the COVID, the bubble burst and they were able to spend this liquidity that they had, but that liquidity is all dried up. And now there's, you're between a rock and a hard place. That's where we are in this market right now. And you're going to start to see as a result of what the Fed is doing, you're going to start to see the labor force, people get laid off. Then you're going to see foreclosures. Then you're going to see a huge, a, a very large supply of housing uh, with very little cash to demand. And uh, that's when you're going to see the prices really drop on homes. It's, it's, it's been delayed because of the stimulus spending from the Biden administration trying to turn our country into a socialist government, uh, government-run country instead of a people-run country. Uh, also, um, so it's not just the most credit card debt on record, $1 trillion, but the most kids diagnosed with gender dysphoria, it says 42,000 in 2021, but the gender dysphoria is through the roof. Uh, I was like, 
just turned on um, something. The uh, I saw a promotion on on TV, right? Because I have the Fire Stick, the Amazon thing, and basically it was promoting this new show, Red, Red, Blue, White, and Royals, or something like that. I don't know what it was. I said, "Oh, that, that just a picture. You know, that looks like it might be good." Click on it. First two thing, the first second of the promo, two guys kissing. I was like, "Nope, not going to watch that." You know what are they doing? Since when does it become like the majority of everything you watch on TV is gay? I mean, I don't get that, and that's why you're getting this dysphoria because they're grooming children. And that's why you should turn that stuff off. They they ought to put a filter on there that says non-homosexual programming. But one of the ways to do that is to turn your children on to stuff like Cheers from the 70s or, or you know, all these different shows, uh, um, Friends or, or uh, Seinfeld, and turn them on to that. I mean, get them something different. The only way you're going to avoid this crazy, woke crap is to literally go back in time. But you also need to approach it and realize that what's going on is not reality. That that you're being gaslit and you're being, um, it's a psyop. And you got to keep your mind focused. Keep it, keep it, keep yourself from being groomed. Prevent that from happening. So Biden did it. FEC records reveal a Democrat dark money super PAC paid the company implicated. So we just heard about dark money and that guy talking about processing illegals and making them voters. They're not really voting, by the way. They're not voting. The ballot harvesters are picking up their ballots and they're filling them out. And then they're dropping them off to the tune of one person could do 10, 20,000 ballots. And they get paid for that. So this is how they get paid. So FEC records uh, reveal a Democrat dark money super PAC paid the company implicated in a Michigan police report of voter registration fraud, $11,254,919. To register, to register voters for Joe Biden's 2020 presidential election or presidential campaign. Register voters. Isn't that what I've been saying all along? I said, mysteriously, all these online registrations pop up with these social media companies and all these different people that, they're pay- that are working for this nonprofit that, that's run out of a house, by the way. It's called Black Pack. Black PAC, Political Action Committee, a Democrat political action committee fueled by undisclosed contributions funneled $11.3 million to GBI strategies, GBI, good, bad, and indifferent, GBI strategies, LLC, another LLC with the Bidens, right? In 2020, to register voters for Joe Biden's presidential campaign, notably Black PAC, 
which garnered more than $44 million in funding during the 2020 election cycle, endorses Democratic candidates and causes. You better believe that a truckload of that money came from BlackRock-owned corporations. A Michigan police investigation into GBI strategies was initiated following the observation of a Muskegon, Michigan clerk who noticed an individual depositing 8,000 to 10,000 completed voter registration applications at the city office on October 8th, 2020. October 8th. This same individual returned multiple times over the next few weeks, registered an additional, and they did it that late in the game so that they couldn't correct, they couldn't look into it. They would, they would certify the election before they could ever look into it. So this same individual returned multiple times over the next few weeks, registering an additional 2,500 voters. Disturbingly, many of these, those registration forms displayed identical handwriting with fraudulent addresses and falsified phone numbers. That's how bad our system is. Why the courts won't get in on that and say, this can't happen. If this can happen, we can't have this system running. We cannot have a system that could be this wildly exploited. Right? Does that make sense to you? It makes sense to me. So additionally, many signatures did not match those. Again, I said signature verification. That's the critical, that's the Achilles heel of this ballot harvesting. Additionally, many signatures did not match those on file in Michigan's Secretary of State. A subsequent raid by Michigan authorities discovered prepaid gift cards, firearms equipped with silencers and disposable burner phones. During the 2020 election season, Democratic Election Committee collectively channeled more than $4 million directly to GBI strategies. Okay. Biden for President, 450,000 donation. Democratic Senatorial Campaign, 2.1 million. DNC Services Corporation, one point, over 1 million. Democrat Party of Iowa, 493, about 500,000, half a million. Gary Bell, the owner of GBI Strategies, is reportedly now working for CompMo Group, a Democrat get-out-the-vote organization founded by Sean Kelleher, the Democratic Senatorial Campaign Committee director during the 2020 election cycle. According to Bell's biography of the Combo Group's website, Bell has personally managed over 70 organizations in 20 different states, often leading hundreds of field managers and thousands of canvassers in Get Out the Vote. Why is this guy still walking the streets? That's what I want to know. His biography list of vo- uh, voter registration campaigns for all the Democrat entities. Thank you uh, to the Gateway Pundit for getting this information out. Voter registration organizations from both sides have been accused of similar fraudulent activities, notably ACORN. Remember under the Obama years, ACORN, which had over a half a million members and more than 1,200 neighborhood chapters. So that's why they put these voter registrations online. And they probably have some sort of a code where the person who registers gets paid a, like a dollar per registration or something like that. And it's it's probably wired, transferred into a bank account and set up that way. So the more you do, the more you get paid. 
Proof of a rigged election, uh, Michigan rigged election. Democrat operatives caught in October 2020 turning it in up to 10,000 fraudulent voter registrations per day, many with the same handwriting and fake addresses. Okay. So I posted this stuff on Facebook and it got banned. It got censored. The, The Gateway Pundit article censored it. And there was just one small part that they equivocated or basically checked and which led me to believe that okay well they are even admitting that 90 percent of the article is true but because 10 percent of it they questioned they blocked the whole thing from being presented it's absolutely stunning all right so we are going to go ahead and uh listen to uh these people that were the creators of 2,000 Mules. And let's take a listen to this. This is related to them being called in to Donald Trump's court case. And let me just read to you something about what Donald Trump said. He said, Our republic has been kidnapped by tyrannical thugs that get away with anything they want. Right, that's true. So now that I have full subpoena power because of the freedom of speech sham indictment by crooked Joe Biden, deranged Jack Smith, and the DOJ, it has been it has just been reported that the unselect January 6th committee of political hacks and thugs has illegally destroyed their records and documents. This is unthinkable, and the fake political indictment against me must be immediately withdrawn. The system is rigged and corrupt, very much like the presidential election of 2020. We are a nation in decline. So they're hiding the records. They're destroying evidence that he's entitled to. So that's a, that they have to throw that, that out right there. But because it's a very liberal judge, who knows what's going to happen? Let's take a listen to this testimony. I estimated that somewhere between 80 and 90 percent were going to Joe Biden. Throughout the day, this is a Georgia poll watcher testifies that every ballot she reviewed read Biden and that it was statistically impossible to obtain that result. It kept making me sicker and sicker every time I saw another Biden, Biden, Biden. And then I'm going through batches. One hundred percent of the batches were Biden. I find that statistically impossible. Absolutely. Okay, so let's take a listen to this testimony. Uh, This is, here's how no evidence of widespread election fraud installed Joe Biden with 81 million votes. 2,506 felons, 66,248 underage, 2,400 not registered. 1,043 POB, I don't know what that means, 5,000 expired, 10,000 dead, 395 cast out at state, 15,700 change of address, 40,000 properly registered. I think this is also Georgia. Um, Giuliani Trump legal team testified in Georgia voter fraud. Let's take a listen to this. 2,506 felons voted illegally in Georgia. 66,248 underage and therefore ineligible people to illegally register to vote before their 17th birthday when the law requires 17 and a half years old. At least 2,423 individuals to vote who were not listed as registered. 
1,043 individuals to cast ballots who had illegally registered to vote using a post office box. POV. 4,926 individuals voted in Georgia who had registered to vote after their Georgia voter registration date, thereby canceling their Georgia voter registration. 10,315 or more individuals to vote who are deceased by the time of the election. Well, and then, you know, there's a properly didn't properly register 40,000. So the point that he's making there, and uh, it's a good point. All of these states that are in question that have all these anomalies had just enough votes to get Biden elected. Just enough. That's it. So it's, it's absolutely nuts that this is happening right under our noses. Uh, the Democrat Attorney General of Michigan didn't reveal that her office had a team investigating a widespread voter fraud operation, even though she's claimed many times that no widespread voter fraud existed in 2020. In 2020, a woman dropped off thousands. So we already covered that pretty much. But here it is. The woman claimed she was paid $1,150 per week, $1,150 a week, to collect ballots from people. That's a lot for a woman like that. This is huge, and the evidence showing a massive voter fraud operation is undeniable. Uh, Mark Zuckerberg also was instrumental in doing that. Um, you know, we uh, I have some other audio clips I wanted to get to today. Uh, let's see. I don't think we have enough time. Um, but there are basically more corroboration to this point. Um, expert witnesses talking about this stuff. It's worth a reminder of where this election... But it's it's globalists that are actually financing these groups that are behind the voter fraud. And it's the open borders, the open borders that are allowing these illegals to come in, get a social security number, be subject to motor voter registration. And that's what's Gener- that's what's creating the registration that gets the ballot out there into an address that gets picked up by a Democrat operative, filled out, and dumped in. So they got they have now millions of new ballots that they could play with. Somebody's going to have to get on top of this to stop what we know is about to happen from happening. Well, that brings us to the end of the Scott Adams Show. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. Be sure to check out magapack.org. Find out how we're advancing America First policies to make America great again. It helps keep this show, the Scott Adams Show, advertising free, no commercials. And uh, use Red State over at mypillow.com. We'll see you next time on the radio. Goodbye, buddy.